Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Yvonne Latrell's podcast. I am the host, Yvonne Latrell, my co-host, Essie, and I are here today for this Thoughtful Tuesday. Essie, how are you? What's up, girl? Good. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah. See your videos of you on the beach, girl. Yeah, the fun I see. Oh, of course. You know I'm such a good <laughs> beach bomb. Yeah, that was um what day was that? Uh I think Sunday. Wait, was it Sunday? Oh my gosh. I don't even remember. Um, I think it was Sunday. Wait, what's the today is Tuesday? Yeah. It was Sunday. Oh my gosh, my mind is like totally blank right now. So, yeah, I went to the beach. Oh, my gosh, I had an awesome time. So, you know, I had to put my little video on the gram, on TikTok, you know, show off or whatever. But um, And that song, oh, my gosh, I love that song. So I have to do a commercial to that song. And, um, again, because remember, we're going to be talking about mental health. This is Mental Health Month. So, there are a lot of people out there that's dealing with or struggling with depression and sadness or whatever. So we're going to talk about that, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. This Saturday, we're going to be talking about the LGBTQ community because it's Gay Pride Month. So we're going to be talking about that. But, um, but yeah, so... Um, Enough of that. Um, yeah, what's up with you? Not much. I got a lot of exciting stuff going on in my life. And uh, I'm just trying to grip on my, my um, mind around it. Um, tonight's guest is a return guest because we've been getting so many emails from people asking for some people to come back to the show because the guest had questions. And um, if it wasn't for him, some of this stuff wouldn't have been possible. So when we did the return guest, I knew I definitely had to bring him back. You know, right, and that's right. Coach John Alexander. And um, we'll be talking to him in about a half an hour. But at the moment, you know, everything is looking good. Everything is looking good. Yes, wow. yes. I'm super excited about everything. Mhm. And um it's it's about the it's about to go down. Right. That it surely that is. Ain't Kevin Hart was, but uh I tried. <laughs> I never said <laughs> I was a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> I just know my lines. That's it. I know my lines, know when to say them. Time, rhythm, and speed, I got it all together, you know? But um, mm-hmm. you ready to, um, you want to do the, um, oh, man. What? What's wrong with you? you? Wanna, um, Snap out of it. Huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, um, 
did you want to do the advertisements or did they say to um, hold off on them? Uh, yeah, so I have some advertisements. Okay, okay, yeah, so let me get into that. So if you have a loved one that needs some type of assistance or whatever, not whatever, but, you know, if you just have a, a loved one that needs some care, extra care, they could be disabled, have Alzheimer's, any, just need some help with daily activities or whatever, or just their regular daily needs, there is this company, it's called Comfort a Home, it's an agency, and you can, it's in, it's in Florida, you can you guys can reach out to them. They have a number uh let me see. Their Broward number, Broward County is nine five four seven four four eight four two four. Again, that number is nine five four seven four four eight four two four. And that's if you have a loved one that needs some care. And also they have a a website www.comfort-of-home.net. And they also have a number in the Miami area. It's Miami Lakes. It's 305-234-7123. Again, that number is 305-234-7123. And also, if you have any joint pains and muscle pains and swelling, there is a new product. It's called Relieve and Relax. Relieve and Relax. They have a website that you guys can check out. It's www.relieveandrelax.com. Also, Kevin Higgins. He is a podcaster, TV film producer, and script consultant. And if you're looking for uh, any of those, you guys can reach out to him. His phone number is 347-599-8798. Again, that number is 347-599-8798. And you guys can always reach out to him through email. That's kpwhiggins at gmail.com. Again, that's kpwhiggins at gmail.com. And um, I think that's it. Um, also, well, no, wait, also, guys and dolls, um, you guys can check out my um, my single, it's Can't You See Abortion is Murder. It's Can't You See. And it's available on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, all over. And that's uh, writer, singer, Yvonne Latrell. That's me, guys. Hello, guys. Like, you know who I am. I'm Yvonne Latrell. And also, guys, check out my uh, book, Butterfly Me. It's a good, It's a book against bullying. And remember... If you are going through uh, any type of bullying, 
you guys can reach out to us. I was supposed to have the number together. I'm, I'm definitely going to have it this Saturday. But you guys can remember, you guys can call the studio. Um, if there's any kids out there that's uh, getting bullied or whatever and you don't know how to talk to your parents or whatever, uh, call up here. Call the studio. Our number is 563-999-3548. Again, that number is 563-999-3548. And you guys can talk to me and SC about it. And we will definitely help you out with that. So, yeah, I'm going to turn it over to you, SC. Okay. Well, we can start with in other news. In other news? Ah. What about the, um, did you see the, okay, let's start from where all of this all started and, 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 and it built up, I guess. So apparently the Floyd Mayweather um, little exhibition, did you see what happened? They stopped the fight, and then the dude John Gotti went after Floyd. No, oh my gosh, I did not. The only thing I know about is the, I guess, after the fight with Jocelyn Hernandez. Yeah. And Lex, that's the only thing I know. But yeah, I, I didn't uh, hear about uh, that part right there that you're talking about. Yeah, so apparently they stopped the fight for the guy holding too much or whatever. And then he went after Floyd when the referee called it off. And, you know, Floyd cracked him a couple of times, you know. Um, and then backstage was with the Jocelyn situation. You know, I didn't see – I've seen bits and pieces of that fight. Oh, my gosh, I was supposed and, to send it to you. Damn it. Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of that fight because I've seen the, the scene where the girl threw the drink on her because I didn't see her beat up the other girl. But I heard she didn't do it. I heard a dude hit the other girl. Okay, well, what happened was, and this is not allegedly because um, this is a, a tape that I was looking at, so um, a video. So when I seen it, uh, okay, well, okay, it's so many different videos. So from one angle, I did see Joc- Jocelyn, she had the girl in the, the headlock. And then I seen another clip uh there was this gay dude he was him and jocelyn was hitting the girl lex so i don't know lex i didn't hear of her until yesterday so uh they said that she was on one of uh i think one of um jocelyn shows or whatever something like that but either way so yeah jocelyn i guess was you know beating her up or whatever but the girl got some licks from this gay dude and the thing is like you know to you know the guys out there that are gay like you're hitting a woman but you know you're still a man even if you get a sex change you still have the strength of a man so you know this girl took some licks and then, so there was this guy, I, I have to send you, Essie, please remind me after the show to send you this. Okay, there was this guy in the background, and he was saying, hey, y'all get that girl. Hey, y'all get that girl off her. Hey, uh, hey that girl gonna uh, kill her. Like, people just, like, walking around and, like, not helping. Like, break up the damn fight. And so when when finally they did get Jocelyn um, from, you know, off the girl, like um, out of the headlock or whatever, 
then jo- you, you see Jocelyn like in a rage, punching this person, punching that person, telling this person to shut up. Like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? Are you on some type of fucking drug? Like she had to be on some type of drug. That's what I'm thinking. Like, I do not know, but like she was acting like someone that was on some type of drug or whatever, because like, I mean, come on, you just wait till I send you the video, like hitting this person, punching that person, then somebody threw water on her, like a whole like uh, psychotic mess going on, um, you know, up there. Just really so unprofessional. So she is in jail. She is um, down here in Florida. Uh, I seen it on uh, sheriff.org, so you can look her up and you'll see um, her mugshot or whatever. And she currently do not have a bond and currently she definitely do not need one she's uh need to be in a drug program because like i said it seemed like she was on some type of drug or whatever and if she is if she's on drugs because i do not know if she is on drugs she do need to get some type of help and get into you know a program or whatever i mean that's just crazy everybody just like um you know um oh my gosh just so hooded and ghetto that's just really ghetto. And then, you know, for people who have children, like, this is why these kids act the way that they act. Because now, and keep it real now, um, Essie, you already know, like, when me and you were growing up, we did not grow up. Because me and you, we are around the same age. You're, like, a few years older than me. But I'm just saying, we didn't grow no, up. No, 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 I don't know TV. about that. you older than me. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Never ask him at his age. <laughs> um, whatever. You're like uh, two, well, no, three yeah, years I'm older sorry. than me. Yeah, uh, but sorry. whatever. Um, but no, but I'm just saying, like, you know, back in the day, you know, like, we grew up, like, watching, like, Family Matters, um, Full House, um, you know, just, like, yeah. wholesome TV shows, like the Cosby show. Um, you know, I'm just saying, it wasn't no reality TV and this going on, that going on, everybody fighting and just a bunch of damn crazy bullshit. Like, and I'm just saying, so now that's, that's, that's what you have to think about. Like these kids that's growing up now, all they see is foolishness on TV, foolishness on the internet, like all day, every day. Like, um, and then not only that, like, and I'm not saying that people who go to church are like better than people who don't go to church, but I'm just saying like, it was more going to church because I grew up into the church. I didn't need, I went to church so much that I didn't want to go to church. I couldn't wait to stop going to church because we had to go to church. Like every time you look around, Bible study, um, choir rehearsal, uh, um, usher, and just like even Friday rap session, like just so much of <laughs> activities in the church. Like, but I'm just saying, and, but I mean, looking back, I'm definitely grateful for it now, but I'm just saying it was just church, 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 church. But, like, these kids now, they don't know anything about about family, about anything, about morals. They don't, about life, and, of course, about life, because every time you look around, somebody is pulling out a gun, shooting someone. It's just really crazy, but, yeah. But what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's just, you know, like you said, I don't care what type of um you notice what you know what I notice, you know, and it's just an observation, it's not picking on anybody, you know, it's just an observation, you know, but I know um well other people make observations about the same thing. 
you know, it normally uh, has a repercussion behind it, but I'm going to jump out the window on this. You ever notice that the men that transition to women are the only ones participating in certain things? And what I mean by that is you see more of the men that are either transgender or gay fighting the women. Whereas you don't really see it, the opposite. You don't see a woman that transitioning into a man trying to get into a male sport. You understand what I'm saying? You don't right, see them wanting yeah. to fight a man or step into a man. But you'll have regular straight women do it. But as far as them, I guess they look at it like, okay, you want to be a man? I'm going to treat you like a man. You know, and it's just yeah. an observation. I'm yeah. not picking on nobody. I'm not saying, you know, oh, this is right, this is wrong. I'm just making an observation. That's all. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. And, um, oh my gosh, and I have definitely have a lot of things to go over a Saturday about, you know, just the LGBT community, period. It's just like I just definitely have a, quite a few things that I definitely want to go over um, uh, Saturday. But, um, okay. in, uh, yeah, but in other news, do you have any other topics that you want to discuss? I sent you... A lot of stuff to your, well, to everything. Yeah, but but you know, I think, go ahead. But, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was going to say, I I think I did send you something on uh, Jocelyn, uh, that fight, but I didn't send you the one that I I want to send you. I'm going to text you that one. But, um, yeah, anything else, though, like in particular that you wanted to talk about? Well, um, I wanted to talk about um, the the situation on I-95 in Philly where the bridge collapsed. I was trying to get more details on it, but all they're just showing is the um, section of I-95 has collapsed in Philadelphia after a tanker truck caught fire underneath. Why? Oh, yeah, I did see that. I did not, like, really get, you know, enough information on that to really – uh, give my views on it. Yeah. It's just right now, it's so hard to figure out what's real and what's fake. Man, I've been watching these I, these AI-generated um, things, so it's like mm-hmm. you're nervous to report certain things because this was the first time I've seen it was on um, a post on Instagram. But when I tried to look up the the thing, I didn't see too much about it. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm I'm kind of nervous sometimes when I don't, but I just thought maybe if somebody saw it or knew anything about it, you know, they could probably just hit you up with the email or whatever, or, you know, probably after the show I'll look into it more. And I'll bring it back up, you know. You know, I don't mind right. swing, spinning the block, you know. That was like the right. um, 12,000 fish that washed up on shore in uh, Texas. You right, know, did you right. see that? That's crazy, you know. It's like no. are they putting stuff in the water, you know, or are these fish just I don't know, man. You know. It's just getting crazy and crazier. I knew there was something else. Hold on, I'm trying to open up this other stuff. See. Well, I do want to say um, congratulations to uh, Denver. 
Um, they beat the Miami Heat, and of course, yes, I definitely was rooting for the Miami Heat, but at the same time, you know, Denver was definitely, oh my gosh, that was they definitely was balling. They definitely played really good. Miami, I, I want to say, you know, they did a good job as well. It wasn't a blowout. They definitely tried, but... This is Denver's first win. This is their first game ever, and I definitely think that they deserved it. They really did play really good. I watched, like I said, I watched the game, and I I did want Miami Heat to win, but I was not betting on Miami Heat. I was betting on Denver only because Denver was really, uh, you know, Denver was really balling, and it would have been good to for the Miami Heat to win again because this is uh, Udonis Haslam last year. He's he's going to retire, but at least, you know, he he, he um, have a few championships with the Heat. So I think this was really well-deserved for Denver. And, oh, my gosh, the Jokic, whatever, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but he is definitely a great player. So congratulations to him. He did his thing. So, but yeah. Um, in other news, I'm giving it back to you if you have anything in particular. Yeah, I wanted to um, talk about the cop that was in the um, the gas station, the um, BP gas station in Detroit, mm-hmm. and the kid tried to take his gun. Did you see that? Oh my gosh! No, I didn't. Yeah, man. So he was standing and placing the order. From what I could see in the video, he was standing there placing the order. And this kid came and stood next to him and tried to take his gun. Now, the kid apparently was with some other kids in the store. And when the cops started fighting him over the gun, the kid scooped him and dumped him. And when he scooped him and dumped him, the friend reached in his own pants and pulled out his own gun and started pointing it at the cops. You know? So. And what happened? I, they, they got away. They're doing a big investigation on it. No. Oh my gosh! Yeah, man. It um. That's crazy. What about the uh? I got something else crazier. How about the pastor that was sleeping with the um? <laughs> the woman in the congregation. That's always going on though. But you know, it was just crazy. You know, um, the husband was sitting outside. He videotaped it. He put it on um, every social media that he can possibly do. You know, he's talking. He's like, yeah, my wife, I went through her phone, and she's having an affair with the pastor. Pastor, I sent her some dick pics and a whole bunch of other stuff. So he's sitting there, and the wife comes out the back door. So he gets out of his car, approaches the wife, and he tells the wife, like, yo, what you doing here? And, you know, this is a third. So she's like, oh, you know, whatever. So he's like, I know you here to see the pastor. He said, give me your phone. So she said, what do you need my phone for? So then he wound up getting her phone. He asked for the passcode. He opened up her phone. He showed the screen. So you see all the messages between her and the pastor. So he's like, yo, what room would y'all in? He goes up to the room. The pastor opens up the door. And he's like, yo, what y'all doing? You know, this, that, and the third. He said, yo, what you doing, pastor, with my wife? So he said, oh, no, I was praying for her. This, that, and the third. So he said, oh, with your pants open? And then he said, there's a condom on the Bible. So he picks up the Bible. He says, nah, I'm sure this scripture. He said, no what? And he was showing scriptures or whatever. He was this counselor. Uh-huh, it's not uh-huh. funny because, it, you know, that man was hurt. You could tell that man was hurt, you know. 
But the, the excuse that he used was, like, crazy. So then the dude was like, yo, he gets the, the, the he's holding his wife's phone. So he says, I wonder if the um, first lady knows about this. So you know what? I'm going to call the first lady. So he's like, what's, what's in, um, what's the first lady under? What you got her under in your phone? So she's like, first lady, duh. So I'm like, damn, you don't even have any, like, remorse. You're getting smart with this man after you get caught, you know? So then she calls the first lady. She answers the phone. He's like, yo, you know where your husband at? So she's like, nah, he's supposed to be such and such and such. So he's like, nah, he in the hotel with my wife right now. So she hangs up, and she calls the sick of phone. So the pastor picks up. He's like, nah, you know, it's just me and he and this other thing. He said, no, he ain't. It's him and my wife. It's him and my wife. So him and the, the wife smoked for a little minute. He hung up. So the pastor's like, hey, you happy now? You got me caught. You happy now? So he said, nah, man, you doing all of this with these women, this, that, and third. So the nigga said, this was a crazy shit. He's like, yo, my name, I'm Pastor Jerome, but these hands are still in the streets or something like that. So he's like, so you want to fight? That's what you're telling me? So him and the husband got into a fight. And I kind of think the pastor won because he couldn't see nothing. But the pastor kind of was talking trash afterward, and most of the time, oh you know, so the husband was like, so the wife was like, please stop, stop, stop. So um, she goes, runs into the bathroom, the dude, the husband leaves out, so the pastor tells her, you got to go too. <laughs> so she got oh thrown out by God. the pastor. Then they, um, they get downstairs, it's a whole big thing or whatever. So now it's all on social media, and everybody is trying to find out who this pastor is because his face was blurred out. So when you go into the comment section, you know, they say pastor or whatever. So when you click on it, it gives you a whole bunch of other stuff that's not actually that pastor. Oh, yeah. You know? So, you know, it's just it was crazy. Mm-mm. Yeah, that really is crazy. You need to send that to me. Yeah, I'm gonna send it to you. I was looking for it right now that you, you um that we took that I stopped talking. Okay, well, um, I mean, if you can't find it, you can always send it to me later. Yeah, but um. That was it that I had. I, it was something else, but I can't find it right now. Um, oh, yeah, they. I was watching this thing on um, Facebook. You know, I follow Country Wayne, you know, and his skits and everything like that, and I follow the majority of the actors in his skits. So they have a little group that's called Wayne's World or something like that, and they ask different questions, and they were talking about, like, um the women that are that are younger, how the older women <laughs> look better than the younger girls. And then they started putting up pictures and comparing it. And I wanted to say, wow, these fucking kids look weather-beaten. And there was this one lady, she was 60-something years old. This woman looked every bit of 30-something years old. And then, you know, and I was like, well, people could lie or whatever, but I was like, damn, she looked good. And there was another girl up there that was like 20-something years old, and she looked like she was 40. And I said, damn, you know, so, wow. but yeah, that's it. That's all I, had to say. <laughs> I 
I don't know. They say crack, black don't crack, but I don't know. It's doing something yeah. with this younger generation. You know, yeah. I guess it's you, all the stuff that they're into. You know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They, they, they not, they not scared. I remember I asked my son. I told my son, I said, "Yo, what's up with your generation?" He said, "We're just not scared to experiment." I said, "Yeah, but death is death. How do you need to? Who needs to explain that to y'all? What are y'all doing? Is y'all gonna get?" And they, and and it's like you know the reasoning. It's like it's crazy to me. Like yo, y'all don't understand that death is death. Some of these kids act like they got an extra body at the house. It's like right. they play these video games and they got extra lives in this video game, and they think that it rolls over in the real life. You know that like, makes so much sense. Know, yeah, these kids are off the chain. You know, and they, um, they, you know. Okay. No, go ahead. Say it again. You broke up. Oh, I didn't hear you. Say it again. You broke up. No, no. I said no. I said uh, say that again. What what you were saying? I was saying that um, these kids, a lot of the stuff they do, it don't make sense. But I guess it ain't meant for us to make sense. You know, it's not something that we're into, so it, it shouldn't make sense to us. It only makes sense to people that they're into. Yeah, and um, speaking of death, um, did you see the funeral for DC Fly's partner, Jackie O? Yes, yes, I did. What what are your thoughts on that? I I think that he, he, he gave a good speech. I think that he stood up as a man and, you know, he allowed, and he and he made a valid point, man. God, you gotta have God in your life. You have to, because if you don't have God in your life, you're not gonna pull through a lot of things. Because life is gonna beat you up. Life is not meant to be fair, and it's not gonna be fair to anyone. And that man understood that and recognized that, and he told his kids, like, "Yo, my mom is still here with us. You know, I don't know what people believe, you know, but people believe some in people heaven, don't some believe people in believe God. In heaven, so." Yeah, some people don't believe in God, you know. So it's it's one of them situations that you know you you have to have faith that you're gonna get through it. And he knows he knows he's in a rough road ahead of him. He got three kids he got to raise, but he said he got a good support system, and that's yeah, always important. Does. That support system is so important, you know. Yeah. But. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I can uh, bring. Um, I can bring on the guests if you're ready. Sarah? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely ready. Okay. Okay. Hello. Welcome back. Well, I'm glad to be back. Can y'all guys hear me loud and clear? Uh, yes, we yes, can. Yes, sir. <laughs> Man, you know what? When you come back, when they re- tell you you can be return guest to a podcast, you've done a good job on the first go around. Good yes. job, Good job. Coach. Coach. Yes, sir. Yes, we're glad to have you back. A couple of y'all had, you know, a couple of people had questions and stuff, and um, I said I had to bring you back because you were my coach, and you walked me through a lot of the questions, and I tried to pull off some of the questions that so many people have. So I'm going to read off okay. some. I don't know if you want, if we got enough time, if you want, want to read off some or whatever. But um, cause she's sitting in front of the um, the what you call it. But I got some of the ones we we went through them, 
Well, we tried. <laughs> we couldn't go through all of them, but we threw some of them. Yeah, I'll let, and, you, uh, yeah, I I'll I'll let them. you read them. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so now you know this is um, Gay Pride Month. So you know a couple of people had questions about that with the filming. Um, and the first question was one of the guests had, one of the, um, the listeners had asked, would you see the, shoot an LGBTQ film? I guess, yeah, that's what, that was what the, what the question was. Would you shoot one? Hell yeah, I'll shoot one. I don't care. Yeah, shoot one. An LGBTQ or QHQ? Yes, I would shoot one. Or or THQ? Yeah. What's wrong with shooting an LGBTQ? What? What's wrong with that? I don't I don't know what the question it was from. I'm just reading the question. I, I don't know what sparked that question, but I I'm just going with those first. Those questions first because it is gay pride like month. I want to make sure. That's like. Know. That's like saying, will you shoot an African-American film? Yeah, I will shoot an LGBTQ film, too. Okay. So whoever that got, that uh, listener was, that's your answer. Um, the next question is, what do you think about men kissing on camera? I mean, it's part of acting. It's acting. That's, I mean, that's part of acting. I mean... I mean, some people may feel, some people may feel, you know, um, <laughs> about that. But listen, uh, don't want to say this. I just want you to touch on this real quick. I mean, honestly, people doing it. I mean, it's, it's the way of life nowadays. People doing it for free. Do it while you're getting paid, too. What's wrong with it? I yeah. mean, just what I'm saying. I mean, I don't see it. I mean, it's, it's acting. People have been doing it for acting for years, years, decades. Decades, yeah, just part of the part of the thing. Okay. We heard you mention, or one of the the hosts mentioned about an intimacy coach. What is that? Yes, I remember one time on the stand who has an intimacy coach, and I was thinking about that because you asked the question about kissing. Um, it's just like acting. You've got a, a script coordinator, you've got the industry coordinator, and you just think that you're just going to jump in, oh, man, I'm going to have sex with her on scene. No, it's not not like that, okay? They're going to take, take you to cut. Now, I want you to do next, I want you to grab, you know, her side and flip her around and do it that way, okay? Action. And if you're going to do it right, uh-uh, cut, 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 cut. I want you to grab that part. Do not put her body and her manhood, his manhood, or her vagina on screen, remove it out of the way. It's gonna become acting. You can be like, okay, it's just like it's just like acting. They're gonna cut the scene if you do. Okay, perfect. Next, I want you to take her head, turn her around, and blah 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 blah. Action. That's what intimacy coordinator does. It's gonna act like it's acting because it's not just like okay, I'm gonna just go ahead and have sex and just raw dog it and just have sex in the scene. No, and you just gonna get no. I'm gonna have no. It's acting. You be like, ha. Huh. How many times are you gonna do the sex scene? Five times for a two, five times for a two-minute sex scene. Uh-huh. That's what intimacy coordinator does. Okay. All right. So they get an answer. This is a um, this is the same question but different networks. Somebody had asked. Okay. How can someone get on Tubi? 
That's the first one. How can you the other one, how can somebody get on Tubi? Oh, man. Well, Tubi, you know, it's not always good on Tubi. I know Tubi has an application that you do to fill out. Now, are you talking about Tubi as getting your film on Tubi or becoming an actor on Tubi? I'm I'm assuming a film. Um, I'm, I don't know. Film. I'm just going by what the question was. <laughs> you got to finish the film. Um, I'm surprised people say, how you get on Netflix? They say Tubi. Okay. Um, that's what that, that's that was the next okay. one. The next one was, how can you, someone get on Netflix? <laughs> I said, well, the same like question say, still have to have a producer but for Netflix. I'm sure it's one of those. And I think Tubi now, too, because it's now run by Fox. So now things have changed, especially when the strike is over with. Um, different processes for Tubi, maybe the other networks. You just got to have either um, someone that has a, a deal with the networks in order to get yourself on, or it's a different mm-hmm. ways you can get it produced, whatever. But you just got to, honestly, to be honest, you just got to keep on pushing, 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 pushing to see where it's going to end up at. Tubi now, you can actually get your movie on Tubi um, before the end. You know, just do it, sign the paperwork. I, I saw the application for how to get on Tubi and how to get yourself on Tubi to monetize. You can actually monetize. You know, I don't know how it is now since Fox mm-hmm. is now on Tubi. But like I said, the Netflix and all that stuff, yeah, you would need to have those big games. Netflix is like the, like the Warner Brothers and Sony's now. So you would probably need somebody to know somebody to get yourself on their network. He's not, he's not going to solicitate. It's going to call unsolicited your stuff. You just can't say, "Here, here's my film. I want it on Netflix." I, you have to know somebody to know somebody. I'm just saying. All right. And also, no, I, make sure your stuff right. is fully funded. You said fully funded. Some films they need distribution. It's a lot of stuff to go into when you when you do a film. A lot of stuff. It ain't just like okay, I'm gonna do a film and boom, here you go. Six months later, it's on now. You got to get distribution. I'm talking about you want to really make money because in the film industry, your whole goal if you are gonna spend money making a film, your whole goal is to make money or draw even, and half of that money. So, say for instance, you got a twenty-five thousand dollar budget or fifty thousand dollar budget. 30000 that's going to go into marketing and advertising. So you go, if you want to make your money back, you spend $30,000 on the film, you're going to have, to, I mean, $6,000 total, 30000 that is going to advertising. That's what a lot of people are uh-huh. trying to get distribution, so that way the distribution people can, can help you out. But don't forget, there's a, something called 80 20 70 30 60 40 that they get 60, 70, 80%, you get the other, you get the rest of it. <laughs> mm, so, okay. Okay. Um, the next one, I was told you don't have to go to film school, I mean to screenwriting. You don't have to, hold on. I was told you don't have to go to school to be a screenwriter. 
Okay, so you can just go ahead and how are you gonna learn how to write screenplays? You too. <laughs> well, you know how who will teach you? Okay. Who will so, teach you? I don't know who asked the question, but I'm gonna tell you from my point of view, being an author, I thought I knew how to write a screenplay, and so I took your course. And I had to go back and look at everything and say, oh, hell no, nah, this was totally wrong. <laughs> you know, those so, are the same folks. Those are the same folks, honestly, and I've done it with the book world to say, well, I don't need someone to teach me how to write a book. It's like, okay, after you write the screenplay, is YouTube going to go over it for you? Because I've seen it happen where people thought their screenplays was the best thing to slice bread, and it's jacked up formatting. Who's going to teach you how to do a pitch deck? Who's going to teach you how to do a screenwriting resume? Who's going to teach you how to get paid as a screenwriter? All that stuff, you got to anything in Hollywood, whether you're learning how to write screenplays, writing, doing a film, you had to put in a small investment, no matter what. Mm-hmm. You had to put in some type of investment. So after you write your screenplay, is YouTube or whatever going to go over it with you and do a check-back check on your screenplay? That's why they got mm-hmm. people to say, okay, that's why they have people say, can you edit my screenplay? I'm going to charge you. Can you analyze my screenplay? I'm going to charge you 1000 15000 whatever, to edit, to, to analyze your screenplay. Some people do that. So, yes. Who's going to teach you how to do a pitch deck? They're going to answer, do you know how to do a pitch deck? Oh, I got to do a pitch deck. Yeah, so... Yeah, who's going to teach you how to do a screenwriting resume? Who's going to teach you how to learn how to become a screenwriter for hire? So, yeah, you need yeah. classes for that. Like and I that teach, screenwriting I, resume is important. Yeah, I people can learn how to write a screenplay, I mean, if, if they get passed further than write screenplay. But like I said, I teach how to become a screenwriter. That's the difference between writing a screenplay and becoming a screenwriter, a screenwriter. That's totally two different. Gotcha. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you, what he's saying is very important. And even if you could figure out the screenwriting part, just say you went YouTube University and you pulled up a video or two and you figured it out. Say you put the pieces together and it made sense or whatever. There's more parts to that moving piece. You got that pitch deck, like he said. You got that query letter. You got that resume that, you know, that a lot of people don't know follow. Everybody just thinks that it's all about the screenplay, the script, which is important, but there's things that you have to present for somebody to know how important that screenplay is, you know. So that's that listener's um, answer. Um, Somebody said, what are your connections for film? I don't know what they mean by that, but that was the question. I like when people ask me that questions. You know, I'm working on two films, one to strike over with that, you know, I got credit on IMDb for as a screenwriter for higher $85 million. But when people say connections, I love when people say this because it's like because of, you think because of my connections that it's going to be easy for you to sell your screenplay or get a producer? No, no. Just because I have connections don't mean that your screenplay is going to get, okay, here you go. They may turn it down. They may even look at it. They may even look at the the, 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 um, the query letter. So when people come to me and say, who are you working with? Who are your connections? 
got a lot of connections. It's the fact that is your screenplay worth sending it over? Is it worth it? They're going to say, yeah, let's make some slice bread. But then once they realize that it's going to get turned down, I'm a producer told me here's the thing that people should know, learn, is that when producers read your screenplay, I'm going to give you a caveat, I'm going to give you this piece. When they're reading a the screenplay, they're not reading it for the story. They're reading it if it's formatted correctly because if they don't read if they if they look at it and say, listen, this screenplay is jacked up, you need to go back to screenwriting class or something. That has happened. I've seen it happen to one of my clients, but I've seen it happen that they jack it up, trying to be thirsty, sent out the screenplay, produce the read the first few pages, realize that the screenplay was all jacked up, couldn't read it because most producers and stuff read it as a screenplay. We don't read it as a book, so I'm trying to get people out of say, Well, most people say, do you like my story? It don't matter my story. Your story can be the best thing out there, but if it's jacked up or it's formatting right, it don't matter buy it. It's going to stop right. on page two. That's the thing when people say, when I try to tell people, get your author stuff out of your head and stop looking at it as a story. It's a it's, it's entertainment. It's a screenplay. It's for the film. It's visual. And if you basically thinking that, okay, he loves my story, okay, but it has to be read properly as far as screenwriting because the producers and directors looking at angles. They're looking at INT, which is interior. They're looking at exterior. They're looking at action lines, the sub lines. They're looking at all that stuff, the dialogue, the character names, the parentheticals that's in there. They're looking at that as they're reading the screenplay and reading the story. They're looking at, okay, how's the first act coming? How's the second act coming? How's the third act? Some people don't even read the screenplay. Just send the pitch deck. They say, let's see me the pitch deck. The screenplay ain't nothing but um, they usually call it intellectual property use for it, and then they just go with the screenplay. They'll read the screenplay, but they'll read the pitch deck first because people don't got time nowadays to read the screenplay. Ain't like it was 15, 16 years ago where you can actually take your screenplay physically, take it to a producer, and they read it right in front of your face. What is it's the pitch deck? The pitch deck is a PowerPoint presentation of your screenplay. It brings your screenplay to life before it even gets, you know, green light as a film or a TV series. And the okay. pitch deck will have all the stuff in there, like character wish list, your log line, your synopsis, you know, target audience, movie cross, all that stuff. I teach that. Learn how to do the pitch deck because they're in their days and answer for the deck. They're asking for the deck because people are not going to come in and say, Coach, I want to do a book series and all three screenplays. I want to turn my book series to three screenplays. So ain't nobody going to read one. You think they're going to read all three? No, do one and do the kitchen deck. Nobody got time to read because your book is a trilogy. You think that someone's going to read all three screenplays? No. Right. Either you put one screenplay in and call it a day, or you, I had someone that told me, hey, I'm, a, I'm definitely going to put all three my screens, my books, into one screenplay. That basically uh, watered down your story about 80 pages. So if you got three books, that's three books that have 250 pages each, and you're trying to water it down to 90 to 100 pages, you don't got no story. Because 
you want to put all three of your books into one screenplay, just write one and see how it goes. And then if they if become a success, you can always do book two, book three. But yeah, your pitch deck is the first thing that most people now look at. Um, if they take it, if you take it serious, they will want to see the pitch deck first. They want to see you do your homework. They want to see you not okay. Here's a screenplay. I'm gonna store this out here like it's a book. No. They want to see you basically saying, okay, you did your homework. They want to see the whole package. I had producers tell me, do the pitch deck first before you even do the screenplay. I'm like, what? Yeah. Some producers will want you to do the pitch deck first before you do the screenplay. Right. All right. My next question is, Mm-hmm. How long would it take for my film to be produced? It can take it can take six months, eight months. It can take ten years. It all depends on it. All depends on your. It all depends on who you're working with. It all depends on the budget. It all depends on if you can get fully funded. It all depends on distribution. Now, if you want to do a, you, now, you can always do a film for five, ten thousand dollars and twenty thousand dollars and call it a day. You can do that easy. You can do your own film. That's no problem. But if you're looking for a big time Hollywood to do it, I mean, it, I sold a screenplay. Something never been made. Something, I got paid for the screenplay, but something never been made. They can just buy your stuff and sell it outright, or just take the screenplay and just say, okay, we got. The, the the property of it, it's our rights to it. Whenever you want to film, we can. You know, it can take forever. It can take eight months. It all depends on who you're working with, the budget, if they really think that it's time to push this out there. And it's all about having a good relationship with your producer. You know, if you got a good relationship with your producer, yeah, it can happen. You know? So your producer will be like, hey, thank you for writing for stuff for me, so what you got? Let's bring out your stuff. It can happen, but just don't think it's going to turn around like, okay, I wrote the script six months later. Here's the screenplay. I mean, here's the movie. No. Mm-mm. Unless you're doing yourself. Mm-mm. Right. Because okay. I know there's a lot of money, a lot of stuff that goes on, a lot of revision, Zoom rehearsals, revision, Zoom rehearsals. They don't realize that there's a lot that goes into it. People think that they write a script and everybody's going to be okay, everybody's going to be on board, and it's going in front. <laughs> in front of people. It's, it's funny. They think that I, I, I try to tell them, I said, I try to tell them, I said, man, this is not, you know, you just because I say it like this, and, I, and I'm going to be real. If you lazy when you write your books, and you thinking, okay, I'm going to turn the screenwriting, I'm going to be better because I think I'm going to hit the lottery. Screenwriting is ten times as much of a work than it is writing a book. I've seen it. A lot of people don't finish the class because they know it is, it is, it's not just, oh, I'm going to write my screenplay and then, okay, I'm going to write my book and turn it to a screenplay. No, nah, when you come to my class, no. If you do that, you still got homework to do. I'm going to still check your homework. And then you say, how do you think I did, blah, 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 blah. You, you need to... Sometimes I'm like, you know what? You need to finish out some more pages before I move and move forward. They don't even want to do their homework. They, they, they skip up because screenwriting is not for the weak at heart. This business is not for the weak at heart. 
they I had seen people that chew you and spit you out. I was in a meeting with a lady, and I told her, do not mention that you are an author. She, she said, okay, but she did because she thought that she was on Amazon bestseller. So the man said, okay, how many followers you have? You couldn't get an answer. So she said, how many books have you sold? How much money have you made off your books? You know, she couldn't get the answer. She ain't made no real no money, but she was on Amazon. So the guy said, why should we look at this screenplay if your book ain't selling? She just opened her mouth, mm. and I just helped her get to that. So be careful what you mm. say just because you a urban author or whatever. Don't let that don't let that say, okay, I, I'm, I'm best-selling. And I have some people now that saying, okay, my book is on Amazon best-seller. Thank you. And then they think, okay, it's going to translate to screenwriting. First of all, you need to change the title because some urban fiction books do not belong Hollywood titles. You need to change the genre if it is. I had to change it. Just imagine some books are not made to be Hollywood. If you're expecting to get six figures off of that screenplay, off of um, Trap Queen Murder on a Thousand Tip, My Hunter, My, my Killer on a, on a Thriller Killer, on a Trap Queen, no, uh-uh, you need to change that title anyway, first of all. That's not going to make right. Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nah, <laughs> you don't understand that. Yvonne, wasn't that the title I, I, of your book you was doing right? <laughs> Boy, whatever. <laughs> trap queen, trap queen on a, on a, on a tip with my third husband and my wife's sidekick, part 14. No. You would change the title. The only one to want to change the title. And I said, okay, that's your fault. Yeah. If I sign these crew letters and stuff like that and you don't get a response back, ain't my fault. Not my fault. I try to help you. You think that okay? You you stay, you stay in that position. You know, I tell people, and I see a lot of authors come to me and say, "Coach, I'm broke, and I wrote my my twentieth book, and I still ain't made no money." I say, "Well, you know, I don't know what you're doing, but you, just because you come over screenwriting don't mean I can teach you. You can turn over. It's like you're leaving good time." And you're coming over to a different strokes, which is me helping helping you become a screenwriter. And then one day you might be able to make it if you learn how to write other genres, and you might be able to make it to the to Bel Air or the Jefferson. So you can leave behind, right. come over to different strokes, and, and leave that part. But there's a lot of authors that I know that's been very successful. It's just the fact that it's your work, and when you think that screenwriting is going to translate you to big money with a $1 work ethic, then you're going to realize, man, this is hard work, and then you're not going to come back. You're going to quit. I have some people that still have not finished the class. They've been in class since 2021. They have not finished. They wow. say, coach them to get back into it. Coach them to get back into it. If they, if they work ethic, if they work ethic, they don't want, they don't, they think that it's just keeping it clean. No. I, I I teach you how to be proficient as a screenwriter. I got one student, he don't want to say it because of the, the strike, but he got a deal where he's getting paid, I can say right now, five figures to do a short. And um, he just graduated like a few weeks ago. So he's about to get five figures. What is five figures? Because I know he's getting 5000 
five thousand each month for four months. Something like that. So yeah, he's getting paid. I teach you how translation over to get paid. What I'm doing now is that I have some production companies that I'm submitting over resumes to, which I already done with my man SC. And once they graduate, I submit the resume over for you guys to get hired as screenwriters. If they want to take a look at your screenplay, that's fine. That's what the resume is for. That's what happened to SC. If they love your log line on your resume, if they decide they want to pick up your film, they can do that. But my goal is to make sure that you get hired or work and get experience as a screenwriter, production company. That's what I'm doing now. Yeah. So especially when the strike is over with, Trust it's going to be crazy. Yeah, can you tell us um, a little bit about the strike? Yeah. That was, okay, so somebody asked that question. Hold on. I'm going to ask that question. And then it has a, so it was kind of funny how they asked it. It said, I heard there's a writer's strike. I can't watch The View without them saying something about it. When are the writers coming back? <laughs> the writer's strike, oh, no, this thing didn't last till August. Um, here's the thing, though, and I'm going to jump on to the after strike that's about to take place at the end of this month. So Hollywood about to be shut down like COVID. When COVID, when COVID. when COVID shut down Hollywood, that's about to happen. Right now, right now, as a right strike taking place, you cannot, matter of fact, I'm going to read it and then I'm going to explain to you some things that can happen, but this active strike is about to take place and about to eliminate every single thing that we may discuss. So I get letters because I'm part of the Writers Guild. I'm a member. So they tell us that, hey, the strike rules prohibit WGA members from writing for hire or from pitching works to produce. Any non-WGA writer who tries to sell, pitch, or I say thirsty, or develop material at the heat of affiliate producers, which are people that are part of the Writers Guild, during the strike period, risk being a scab writer and may disqualify you from future membership of the guild, which means you may not get credit for any films that you did or get an IMDb credit, whatever. They're they going to they disqualify you. So no pitching, no career letter sent, none at all. Now, you can if, you, if you're working with a producer that is not a part of the writer's guild, that's fine. You can do that. But just imagine... Your pay gonna be low. You're not gonna make if you're thinking I'm getting a hundred thousand or two hundred or fifty or five hundred thousand dollars. Nah, they can't. They can't charge you that. So you may get your little five thousand, ten thousand dollars there, but no, you're not getting that big money. If you work with a producer that's not connected, these producers may not even be connected with the writers here. Now for Tubi, I don't know because Fox owns them and Fox is a part of the writers here. But I don't know about Tubi. But what's about to happen at the end of the month, they've already approved it. There's a writer strike, there's an actor strike that's about to take place. And about Hollywood about to shut down for real for about a few months. So that's what I tell people now. Horn your craft. Do not wait until the writer strike takes place because you're going to be in the back of the line. Horn your craft now. If you want to learn how to write screenplays and get in the forefront and learn it, learn it now while the strike is taking place instead of waiting. Oh, we back now. You could be way in the back of the line. 
So take advantage of it now. Learn the art while we're on strike. Because both the writers and the actors might be on strike at the same time, which has never been done before. That's going to be interesting. Right. It's going to be like COVID. When COVID shut down Hollywood, that's how it's going to end up being like. Now, they finished doing Bad Boy 4, right? So they did shoot some movies. Now, here's how that thing works now. No writer's supposed to be on set. So all the TV shows, my show, Raising Canaan on Power, they stopped that because no writer can be on set. No writer can be on set on movies or TV shows. So what they had to do and what is going to happen there's no writers on the set to revise or look at the screenplay and turn it over. You, you just can't be one, so they're going to have to shut production down because there's no writers on the set to revise their script. So, Because I know Marvel and some other movies that's upcoming had to shut down because they was, in pre, they was in production and they had to shut it down because the writers is always on the set since they have left the set. There you can't rewrite the script because there's no writer. That's how powerful right. screenwriting is. Right, the, I always say that when you're a writer, screenwriter, you no one gets hired without the screenwriter or the screenplay first. That's the power that they have. So that's the strike in a short period of time. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's uh. I know this. I'm enjoying the fruits of my labor at the moment <laughs> while the strike is going on. And I know I talked to Coach earlier, told him that I've been working on my craft. And I'm telling you, if you give a little more attention to your craft, you'd be surprised on what you can establish and what you can change about your craft, and you can see it grow, you know, because um, – I don't see it grow, grow, grow. I don't see it grow a lot with my writing, you know, compared to when, you know, I took this course and everything. And I, what I do is I ordered the, um, and, and this is one thing I can say about Coach. Coach will not stop being your coach after you graduate his academy. Coach has um, training modules that he, he, he will sell that remind you of everything that you did. And trust me, after I took the course, I'm not going to lie. My first, I lie to you not, Coach, stop me when I'm lying. And I think you congratulated me on Facebook, so it's documented. It ain't something I'm saying. I think the first week or a week after I graduated the class, I made mm-hmm. back the money I paid for that fucking course. That's how quick mm-hmm. and easy it was. And, and he did my resume, and I got hired because of my resume. You understand what I'm saying? He didn't see none of my work. He just seen my resume. He read the um, the descriptions of some of the scripts that I've written or whatever, and he liked how my resume was set up. You know, so he's a one-stop shop. I'm telling you, it is worth the money. Don't, you know, like they had a thing on um, Tyler Perry. I said he, he put $15,000 on his first plate, and he flopped. The plate flopped. This man is a billionaire to this day. Because he decided to invest his money into him, you know, he invested his own money into himself. You gotta take a, you gotta take a leap of faith. You have to. And he's made so many connections with a bunch of different um, production companies that when you graduate the class, you know, 
you could get on, and he'll give them your scripts and everything else. Yo, he, he's, just a, he's just a fabulous instructor. He teaches you everything that you need to know. He holds your hand all the way through, and I will say he will answer the phone. Some of these courses you take, these people, they take your money. <laughs> you won't hear from them ever again. They won't even like a statement you wrote on Facebook. <laughs> they won't. Answer the call. I, I've heard I've, you know? I've heard a lot of people come back and say, um, so now I can say I got credentials too. I'm not talking about stuff that I've done in 1993, even though I was in high school. But stuff I did in 2002, because someone will use what they've done a long time ago to use it. But it's funny that a lot of people will go because of the reputation. They come back to me saying, Coach, I spent $1,000 on this guy, and the only thing I get back is an email and a PowerPoint. I'm like, you mean to me and go through the screenplay? Nope. He ain't give us no screen. Wow. So I just tell them sometimes it's money-making for them, you know, and, you know, that's pretty much it. I love coaching. I love, I love, I have people say I love changing lives. That's screenwriting. That's what I love to do is I love changing lives. And now since I'm able now to do the online course where you still be able to reach me, but you'd be able to graduate and learn at your own pace. I have people that graduate in two weeks with this online course. People graduate because, what I do now, I send you out your homework review, video training, as yeah. if I'm one-on-one. So that means that you don't have to sit on Zoom for about an hour because, honestly, I got tired of that myself. People are saying, well, can I do it for an hour, blah, blah, blah. Uh-uh. Okay, I'm going to just send you the video training course. Well, now I have the video training course where you don't have to sit on a Zoom class for about an hour each week for six to eight weeks and graduate. No, what I would do, Y'all would see y'all the video training module. You'll go through it, do your homework, and then you'll send it back to me. I'll go over the video training module of your homework and video and send it back to you with some new stuff until you, your next homework assignment, all the way through until you graduate. Yeah. And that ain't that he, he ain't lying. Telling you, that's exactly what he did. Um, everything he said, he matter of fact, he was the first person, and I give him a shout out for it because he brought in so many people um, from Hollywood, from Hollywood to um, private producers and everything else. He did the first screenwriting award ceremony on Zoom. And it was crazy on the number of people that showed up and the people that actually spoke to us at graduation because I was one of the graduates at that time. So he had did a um, – I don't know if that was an experiment or what. It was a seven-day boot camp. He taught no, the seven days. Yeah, the seven-day boot camp. I think that's the yeah. second one that I did. Oh, okay. But I'm going to tell you, that was that was a rough – that was a rough seven days because he, he put a, together a curriculum that normally takes people months to figure it out, and he taught it. And everybody was able to graduate. He did not let nobody 
walk that stage unless you have all your homework in and everything. He's not one of them instructors that's just going to take your money. He cares about you. And, and it shows by the people, if you look on his Facebook, on how many people are doing movies and doing production and, you know, people are doing testimonies. And I'm going to definitely do a video testimony because I got three trips coming up right now. And I'm going to probably do them at the airport to show them that this is real. Coach John is for real, you know, and he makes sure that you will get the job done correctly. Thank you, thank you. Listen, Coach, I got a bunch more questions, but we have come to the end of the show. And we oh, no. You know. So. <laughs> but, well, let me do the show um, you... real quick. I I have an event uh, on, well, it's on Zoom, but it's an event. Go to Eventbrite. It's called From Author to Screenwriter. Learn how to uh, take your book or your original idea and turn it to the next Hollywood screenplay. Um, the the event is on eventbrite.com. Just look for from author to screenwriter. You'll see my face up there smiling. But um, that's up there. That's on Thursday, June 22nd from 8, a. From 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., probably to 9.30, unless I have any questions, because it ain't going to take that long. Um, and it's on eventbrite, eventbrite.com. Um, register there, and I'll see you guys that Thursday on the 22nd. All right, Coach. Shameless plug. Give them all the other information as well um, about your academy and um, contact info. Okay, the academy, um, you can go to the website. It's www.coachjohnscreenwritingacademy.org, O-R-G. You can register for either the six hundred dollar. I'm just letting you know how much it's gonna cost. The six hundred dollar class, which you get every single thing, or the six hundred dollars is not good for you, and you and you can't afford it. There's a three hundred dollar class for that as well. Um, you can also, if you got Afterpay, Afterpay is accepted for all classes, meaning that you buy now, pay later, full by weekly payment. I to say it's awesome. So just go to the website, www.coachjohnstradacademy.org, or you can reach me on Facebook. I'm on, I'm on Instagram. I'm back on TikTok. Or uh, just call me, man, 757-805-4030. I don't think the reason why I ask the number is because that way you know that once you start class, you have my contact information in case you need anything. Whether it's a phone call, email, or text, that's why I'll okay. call me and give me so. That's it for them. I think I'm done. All right, Coach. Also, tell them about your podcast because on your podcast, you might answer some of the questions that some of the other um, listeners had that we were reading from tonight. So tell them more about your podcast, too. Yes. Podcast is called Lunchtime with Coach John. I call it the only live podcast. That comes on right after the Young and the Restless, which comes on at one thirty p.m. Eastern. Yes, yes. The only live podcast that come on right after the Young and the Restless. Yes. So one thirty p.m. Eastern to about two thirty um, live. But now, also, if you miss me now because y'all work, and some people that can't go to the break room and listen to me, I mean, watch me. I'm also on Spotify. Uh, 
Spreaker, iHeart, and Apple Podcasts, and Amazon as well to catch the rebroadcast of the show. You may not get my pretty face live, but you can get the rebroadcast of the podcast of the auto version all on those podcast platforms. But, yes, it's the only podcast that comes on right after the Young and the Wrestler. All yeah, right. You, you heard it here on the Yvonne the Trail Show. Coach John, we appreciate you. I'm glad. Man. I'm glad I'm up here. Thank you so much. I think, hopefully I made it for a third one whenever I get a third chance to come on. If I make it the third one, then I'm going to be like Bow Wow 106 and Park. That's how I'm going to be like. I'm going to be like Bow Wow 106 and Park. That's how I'm going to be. I'm going to be the, the resident of this podcast. <sighs> <laughs> Well, we can always bring you back, Coach. You know that. Yes. You know, because we still have a bunch of questions. I'm the Bow Wow of this podcast. The Bow Wow. That's right. Thank you. Okay, and thank you. Yes. And thank you for coming, and yes, we look forward to having you back. Yay! Okay, everyone. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. That does it for us. Join us on Saturday, 1030 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.